This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv slash careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment. Hello and welcome everyone. It is an honor to be here with you today to talk about effective virtual networking. So when it comes to moving into a career you love, cultivating relationships is critical. And in today's world of work, it's easier than ever to make new professional connections with the simple click of a button, which for me as a introvert, not I'm not an outwardly uh, comfortable with connecting. I really appreciate the ability to connect virtually. To kick things off, I thought I would start with a quick snapshot of my career story and background. So you can see the slide is kind of broken up into two separate um, areas of work. One was my time in corporate, and then one is my time as a self-employed career coach. So my first job out of college was with Frito-Lay, which is part of PepsiCo. And I was a frontline supervisor in a potato chip factory. <laughs> so I worked the overnight shift from 11 at night until seven in the morning. I will tell you that making potato chips in the middle of the night definitely wasn't my dream job out of college. Although I did learn more about running a business in that role than any other job mostly because I didn't want to be the one to call my boss at three o'clock in the morning because I couldn't make a decision. So I worked at Frito-Lay in various manufacturing and distribution leader roles for four years. And then I made a major pivot into human resources. So then I spent another four years in human resources at PepsiCo. At that point, I think I had relocated, literally moved cities six times in eight years. And I really wanted to move back home to Western New York. So I transitioned to a company called Ingram Micro, and I supported their sales organization from an HR standpoint. So at that point, I really understood the entire supply chain. So literally bringing raw materials in the door, manufacturing a product, distributing a product, and selling a product. At that point, once I had learned the entire supply chain, I really wanted to get back to my roots in manufacturing. And so my last corporate company was a, a company called Thermo Fisher Scientific, which is a biotech company. And I spent time in a couple different HR roles there. But my final role was leading a college recruiting team. So in that role, we hired thousands of students and recent graduates across all different types of roles. And it became very eye-opening to me that people needed help with their job searching, resume building, interviewing, all the things. And so I got my career coaching certification in 2017. In 2018, I started a side hustle working for The Muse, which is a fantastic career platform. And that side hustle allowed me to see how much energy was generated when I did the career coaching work. I loved the work and wanted to take it even further. And that's when my business Flourish Careers was started. So in December 2019, I took a leap of faith from corporate to do this work full time. And I love this work. And I will tell you this story. The reason I share this is because you could hear in there, I've made multiple career changes and every single one of those changes I made had to do with my either my internal network at the company or my external network. So I know how important building professional relationships is. 
When I'm not working, my husband and my dog and I love exploring all of that Western New York has to offer. So you can see in this picture, that's my dog, Tula. She, she's a 128-pound Newfoundland, and she's a true gentle giant in all sense of the term. So before we dive into the content, I wanted to start with a quick story. So I had an intro meeting with a job seeker whose name was Jose, and he, we didn't even meet, like we didn't even introduce ourselves. He literally jumped on this call and the first words out of his mouth were all of these reasons why he's not good at networking. And he was interested in making a career change. So he spent literally a good five minutes of our conversation telling me why he's an introvert and he's too shy to reach out to others. He doesn't want to bother people. He doesn't have anything to offer. He doesn't have the time. All of these reasons why he couldn't network were holding him back from making a change for the last five years. And Jose is not the only one. So plenty of people are held back from making career changes or igniting a job search because of this one word. And the reason that the word networking most likely makes you cringe is because it feels icky because most people think that networking is asking strangers for favors or for a job. And of course, it's going to feel awkward if you call someone up and ask them for a job. So don't, we're not going to do that. Networking is not asking strangers for favors. It's about connection and building relationships and cultivating community. I recently spoke with my career change group um, and they started talking about networking and words like slimy, it makes me sweat, it's uncomfortable. All of these words came into the discussion. For me personally, I think about being at like a stuffy hotel conference, wearing uncomfortable clothes with a lanyard and my name tag, pretending like I'm there to meet people in a really awkward way when really all I want to do is order room service and catch up on Netflix. So I know that this one word alone has caused people to overthink, rethink, and sometimes not even initiate a job search because they're not good at quote-unquote networking. So trust me, I get it, and I'm on a mission to rebrand this word. So I like to think of networking as cultivating a community or building strategic relationships. It's not about going to a stuffy meeting with a name tag and asking strangers for jobs. It's about building relationships in a way that's comfortable for you. And we all know that most likely to land your next best role, a smart networking and relationship building plan is a must. So the bottom line here is that your approach to building relationships gets to be as authentic and exciting as the career you are working on creating. You get to have conversations with people you like, with people you respect on topics that energize you. So I would love for you to join me on my mission to rebrand the word networking and turn it into a way to meet like-minded people that leads to new career opportunities. So in this presentation, you're going to learn practical details about executing a proactive and comfortable approach to virtual networking. 
I want you to recognize that mindset is a big piece of this. So we'll talk about confidence and courage and how to move beyond your fears. You'll learn how to connect online in ways that's comfortable for you and tap into the hidden job market. And then finally, the most important piece is turning your connections into conversations. So we want to effectively plan and prepare for informational interviews, which can be a golden ticket into a new job. So starting with a note about confidence. Strategic relationship building and connecting with professionals online requires courage, especially when they're people you've never met before. And with courage comes action. Action builds confidence. So confidence is not something that we get overnight. It's not something that we're born with. It's a result of action. And you must believe in yourself to take these tiny actions and make it happen. So I always love just to share this quote as we get started. Your approach to relationship building, again, gets to be as authentic and exciting as the career that you are building. It does take courage. And with courage, you'll build action. And with action, you'll build confidence. So step one starts with recognizing and noticing your mindset around networking. And if you're one of those folks that I've partnered with hundreds of times that just cringes at the word networking, I'd love for you to reset your mindset around networking. So one way to do this is to think about networking or cultivating new relationships with a service mindset. So leading with a service mindset and a place from curiosity and purpose, not self-promotion. So when I talk to job seekers and especially people that are figuring out what to do next in their career, they always tell me that they want to help people. They want to genuinely help others. So what better way to start than when you first meet someone? And not to mention, talking to real live humans is the best way to figure out if a role or an organization is going to be a fit for you and what you're looking for. So instead of thinking about these conversations or networking as self-promotion, think about it as you helping somebody else. This is especially effective when there's no job at stake. So if you've proactively planned out organizations that you're interested in and you start to build relationships before there's even a job at stake, it makes these quote-unquote networking conversations much more comfortable and strategic. So you can genuinely ask questions about what it's like to work there, understand what the culture is, understand the different types of jobs they have before you're even applying or trying to sell yourself in an interview. So you're probably wondering how you could help. And so there's lots of different ways. A couple things that folks tend to uh, gravitate towards is first, sharing useful information. So maybe there's an article or a YouTube video or something related to the conversation that you could share with somebody. You could connect people to each other. So later on in the presentation, I'm going to mention everybody knows somebody. So if you see that somebody is looking for a particular skill or expertise and you know somebody that does that, connect them. It's a great way to start building a relationship. Showcasing recognition or appreciation for somebody is a good way to start and an easy way to start a relationship. Writing an endorsement or a recommendation for somebody. 
solving a problem. So bringing a, a solution to a problem to a hiring manager is an excellent way to start to build relationships. When it comes down to it, nothing actually beats doing something for someone else. And guess what? That's networking. So a couple other things to help you reset your mindset. If you're feeling nervous about reaching out to somebody that you've never met before, I would suggest put yourself in that other person's shoes. So what if somebody reached out to you to ask you about your career path? Or they said, oh, I see you are connected to UCSC and I have some questions about what it's like in their classrooms or something. You would probably feel honored and more more willing than ever to help that person. So that's a really good way just to kind of reset your mindset and put yourself in that person's shoes. The other thing here is that you don't have to do what everyone else does. So when when it comes to networking and building relationships, you can do what's comfortable for you. And I'm going to give you some ideas later on in the presentation. But if you prefer talking one-on-one with people on the phone, go ahead and do that. If you prefer to break the ice on social media, you can do that. If you're more comfortable joining like-minded people and volunteering, go ahead and do that. Whatever is comfortable for you will help you build relationships in a really strategic way. Leading with that service mindset is an easy way to let people know that you're available for them. And then cultivating these relationships from a place of service will help you get started and it's going to help you stand out. So now that we've refreshed our mindset in different ways to meet new professionals, I want to talk about how to do this online and specifically tapping into the hidden job market. So the hidden job market is a term that is used to describe jobs that are not obviously advertised. And understanding the hidden job market is a really important aspect to set the stage as to why relationships are so important in the job search process. Side note here, I don't love the term the hidden job market. It's a little bit misleading, although I do know a lot of people are curious about it. So I do want to share a little bit more. So I'm going to walk you through what it is why employers use it, and then how you can tap into it as a job seeker. So the reason that the term the hidden job market is slightly misleading is because most organizations need to track their hires for compliance reasons. They need to track their jobs for compliance reasons. Although, like I said, the term does give a good perspective as to why relationship building is so important. So Here's a couple scenarios that might put this into perspective for you. So maybe you're in the market for a new role and you've identified your top companies and you start to look at their career pages. You notice a job that you're really excited about. It's like the perfect job for you. So you feverishly go and update your resume and you get ready to apply and you go back to the careers page and you notice that the job posting was taken down only after a handful of days. So if you've been in that situation before, it's an indicator that they already had somebody in mind, that person applied to the job, and the job came down off the job board. So that's where they've already cultivated, behind the scenes, cultivated a pipeline of of people that they wanted to apply. Those people applied, and they're going to put them through the interview process. Another situation, so picture this. 
you are in your weekly team meeting and your manager starts the conversation with a team update that Josie is retiring next month. And that's going to leave an opening on your team. After the announcement, you all can probably picture this. Everyone looks at each other and says, who do you know? <laughs> because you know, you know, deep down you're happy for Josie, but you know that that opening and not having somebody in that role is going to cause a lot of extra work. So it's in your best interest to help think of potential candidates that's going to quickly close the gap. And the idea here is that when you are one of the people the team thinks of for the role, you're going to get the email or the phone call or the text and that they want you to apply. So that's how the hidden job market works. People are thought of before jobs, before they ever make the job board. So one more quick story. I partnered with a client who was in the job search process, and she was interviewing and ended up to be a runner up for the role. So the hiring manager saw her uh, potential and really wanted her on the team. So the hiring manager also knew that there was a role coming open in the future. So they quickly got approval for that future role. Once it was posted, the hiring manager reached out to my client, encouraged her to apply, and she got the job. That was a job opportunity that wasn't even advertised. So talking with people about who you are, what you do, what you're interested in is a great way to be considered for a job before it even hits those big job boards. Okay, so you might be wondering why this happens. And I wanted to share a few points from the employer's perspective. So as a company, one of the best ways to fill the talent pipeline with engaged and super smart colleagues is to have their current engaged and super smart colleagues attract more people just like them. So current employees understand the needs of the job, they understand the culture, and they know out of their friends and family and their network who would be a good fit. And a lot of organizations are going to do this through referral programs. And some companies offer huge payouts and bonuses for employees who refer other great employees. My last company, depending on the level of the role, offered up to $7,000 as a bonus for current employees to refer more great employees. The other thing is that a lot of companies have talent strategies where they know long in advance what they're going to be hiring for and what level and what types of jobs. And so they use their current employees to help fill that pipeline before, um, before the jobs are ever even posted. For me as an employer, I know I would much rather pay a current employee a $7,000 bonus than pay an agency up to $30,000 to fill a job, which leads me to my next point, which is cost. So paying for advertising and potential support to fill a job can be expensive for an organization. So the last I saw, and this wasn't super recent, but the last I saw it was at least $500 for a 30-day job posting. But then you think about how long sometimes it can take to fill a job, especially if it's a really niche kind of role. So the take into consideration also the effort to fill that gap on the team. So the overtime and the stress that it's causing the team. The other thing is if they can't find somebody for the role, a company might use an agency or a recruiting agency to help them find talent to fill that gap. 
And if a company, and, and this is where it gets really expensive. So say a, a company is going to look for a very niche role and they're going to pay them that person's salary is $100,000. They're likely to pay the agency up to $30,000 to fill that gap. That's a lot of money to try to find top talent to fill uh, to fill a role. So hiring is expensive on multiple fronts. And then the last reason that sometimes companies tap into this hidden job market is if is if they want to keep a hiring decision confidential, so they may avoid posting the job online. So perhaps a company is starting a new division that isn't public knowledge just yet. Or maybe they know they have a bunch of up to, um, upcoming retirements that aren't public knowledge yet. So they want to start filling their pipeline with people that are really qualified for these jobs, again, before the jobs are posted. So these are just a couple reasons why companies tap into the hidden job market and leverage word of mouth to fill jobs. So now let's talk about how you can tap into the hidden job market. And no surprise. It starts with your network and relationship building. So ultimately, it is in your best interest to build relationships with colleagues at your top companies. So then you get thought of for these jobs before they keep they come open. And I say this probably every single day to folks that I work with that you always want to keep in mind, everybody knows somebody. So to make this comfortable for you, you can start with people you know, start with your friends and your family. They are your advocates and they want to help you. So starting from a place where you're comfortable, and we would call these like your warm connections, is a really good place to start because you don't know how many other people that they're connected to that they can easily introduce you to as long as you know what you are looking for, which is a big piece of this work that we'll talk about in a second. So from there, you want to very simply create a contact list. So think about your colleagues. You can talk about, think about your current colleagues or recent colleagues, former colleagues, future coworkers. When you combine your career goals with ideal companies and your contact list, that's where this work can become especially strategic. So say I wanted to work at Disney, the first thing I would do is think of my friends and family and any warm connections that I know that might work at Disney. The second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go on LinkedIn and take a look at my first and second level connections to see if there is anyone connected to Disney that I could easily reach out to. That's where this becomes really thoughtful and strategic in terms of moving into your, your top organization. Think about your community and your neighbors. So local connections outside your professional network. Again, everybody knows somebody. You might want to think about acquaintances. So maybe people that you don't know that well, but you could easily connect with. And as I mentioned, don't forget about your friends and family. They're your best allies, your extended family, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins. Start with them. It all begins with creating a list and picking one person to start a conversation with. That one conversation will lead to another and another. So that's kind of a little bit about warm connections. I realize cold connections or connecting with people you don't know can be a little more intimidating. So let me give you a couple of examples of how this could work. 
So online networking for me is an easy-ish way to get noticed and make new professional friends. And again, especially when you can tie this to your top companies. So you can leverage social media to break the ice. Likes, comments, and shares, and specifically since we're talking professional here, especially specifically on LinkedIn, can really start to help you get your foot in the door with a new organization. So I'm going to share a quick example. When I was a recruiter, our company had a metric where we had to share content on a regular basis. LinkedIn actually has a platform where companies can buy this platform that helps them share content on a regular basis because that elevates their brand as a company. So anyways, we had to share content. Again, I'm an introvert. I get nervous sharing content but I did it anyways. (laughs) And I noticed a young woman who consistently commented or liked or even reshared the content that I was posting. She did this very thoughtfully and very consistently. After a little while, she reached out to me for a quick conversation. And because I had seen her face from her profile picture, and I knew that she had engaged with my content, I was more than happy to have that conversation. And guess what? That conversation led directly to an interview. So there are humans behind content posting online. And trust me, they are going to notice if you like, comment, or share on their uh, platform. So that is a really easy way to break the ice. And then ideally, you want to extend your reach and take your conversation offline. One of the ways you could do this is by uh, writing a letter of interest or emailing through LinkedIn a letter of interest. To me, this is what I call like a modern day cover letter. So it's almost like a pitch to a decision maker at one of your top companies about why you're interested in working for them. You can schedule informational interviews or advice chats, which we're going to talk about in a second. And you can also nurture your network by what I like to call strategic scrolling to stay top of mind. So if you start following your top companies and people that work at your top organizations, they're always going to be in your home feed, hopefully, if the algorithm is working the way it's supposed to. And so when you log into these different platforms, you can see uh, what they're talking about and what they're sharing, and you can engage in the conversations. Obviously, LinkedIn is a big one for this, but you can also use other platforms So there are so many different groups and online communities out there that are a fantastic way to meet people virtually. So if you're on Facebook, you've probably been introduced to Facebook groups, and maybe you've only thought about these in your personal life. I would challenge you to think about Facebook groups from a professional perspective as well. So you can go into Facebook, search in the keyword search at the top, and then click groups. And then different groups related to your keyword will show up. So say that you wanted to be a software engineer. You could search a Facebook group for software engineers and then see what comes up. Join those groups, become an active member. Again, like commenting, sharing, introduce yourself, ask questions, share knowledge. All of those things will introduce you to like-minded people that could lead to an interview or a job. 
Um, if you're not on Facebook and you're not on LinkedIn, you could try Slack. You could try, there's an app called the Fishbowl app that gives out referrals to multiple different types of jobs. You could join industry-specific websites. So I know being in HR, the Society of Human Resource uh, Management is one. Medium is for writers and bloggers. So there's all these different industry platforms where you can meet new professionals online in ways that's comfortable for you. I'm going to give you a couple quick examples here. So I had a client, Justin, he was relocating from one city to another. He joined a Facebook group for newbies for the city that he was moving to, introduced himself, and ended up with a handful of virtual coffee chats before he even relocated and got intros uh, to some of the companies he wanted to work at in his new city. Another example is Denise. She was making a major career change. So she wanted to work in digital marketing for an ed tech company. She got invited to a Slack group and started using uh, hashtag jobs within this Slack group. That led to, I think, three informational interviews and then her first ever six-figure job. She landed her first ever six-figure job through a Slack channel. Another example here using Facebook, I worked with a client who was really interested in working for one of the major media uh, organizations. It's slipping my mind right now, but she's an executive assistant. And so she went ahead and found a Facebook group that was specifically for executive assistants in, in media or whatever it was. She joined that Facebook group put her elevator pitch or introduced herself in that Facebook group, she got 11 interviews and landed the job. So these are really sort of easy ways, much easier in my mind than going to some stuffy networking event where you can follow, engage, and contribute where you're comfortable to start cultivating um, your community in whatever type of job that you're looking to move into. And I will say here that genuine connection is really important from all of this. So again, try not to feel like it's self-promotion. You're not selling yourself just yet. You're building those relationships first. To wrap up the hidden job market here. So again, the hidden job market are jobs that are filled through word of mouth or aren't obviously advertised. Employers do this because it saves time, it saves money, and they know their current employees are going to be the best way to attract and hire more great employees. Your network is the best way to tap into these potential job opportunities. So if you want to meet colleagues at your top companies, you can literally connect with them with a click, make new professional friends, get noticed, and leverage social media and these online communities to turn your connections into conversations. And that's really where the rubber meets the road. So next, we're going to dive even deeper into networking online and conducting informational interviews. So informational interviews. I also like to call these advice chats because it doesn't sound as I guess, formal or scary as an informational interview. I heard the term advice chats a long time ago. I don't know where I heard it, but it stuck with me. So if that helps you be able to initiate these conversations, please use that term instead of informational interviews. So informational interviews or advice chats are a fantastic way to build strategic relationships. And if you're not familiar, advice chats or informational interviews are very casual, 
but strategic conversations. So they're a lot less stressful than a regular interview. They're pretty short in duration. So I always recommend like 15 to 20 minutes, 30 minutes tops. This is also an excellent way to learn about a new organization, a new role, or an industry. And again, it's a double whammy when you can connect your conversations with organizations or roles that you're interested in. It allows you to gather more data points and build your community at the same time. The other thing is that I found doing this work is that people love to talk about themselves And also, if they work at a great company, they want to tell the world. So if you reach out to somebody on LinkedIn that works at your ideal companies, or you reach out to a couple people on LinkedIn that work at your ideal company, and you're not getting responses, that could be a red flag that they're not really interested in talking about what it's like to work at their company because maybe they're initiating a job search themselves. I'm not saying that happens all the time, but it could be an indicator. Most people are super excited when they have a good thing, they want to share it with others. Okay, so a couple questions that I get asked mostly around informational interviews. The first question people always ask me is, who? Who should I reach out to? And so what I would say here is that I I recommend starting with peers, like peer level employees in the function or the department you're interested in. And the reason for that is because it can give you really good information about what it's like to work at the organization. And typically, unless your peers are recruiters or hiring managers or HR folks, typically they're not inundated with these types of requests. So I recommend starting there. And that can also feel really comfortable if you start with a peer level connection. Of course, if you can figure out who a hiring manager is or an HR leader or a department head, you can conduct informational interviews with those folks. I like to recommend potentially a mix of new people to an organization as well as seasoned people. And you can find that out by looking on LinkedIn. Recruiters are great to reach out to, although just know that they likely get a lot of people reaching out to them. So if you're going to reach out to a recruiter, you must stand out. Another option is to find the person who does the job that you are interested in and reach out to them and find out what it's like and how they got their foot in the door. In terms of how to do this, I was um, mentioning before kind of the warm and cold connections. I don't love those terms, but if you know somebody or you can, you have a, uh, somebody in common that works at the company, you can get an introduction. That's a great way to start the conversation. Again, you can leverage your first and second level connections on LinkedIn and start to break the ice with the person. If you notice that they share content or you find something in common with the person. So maybe you grew up in the same town or the same state and you can make that connection, or maybe you went to the same school, or you could pay them a compliment about something. Maybe you really like how their profile is written and you can pay them a compliment. That's gonna go a long way. So anything you can do to personalize your intro is going to help you stand out. And then in terms of your informational interview or your advice chat, I recommend making it as easy as possible for the person to say yes. So you want to be professional, you want to be brief, and you want to set clear expectations. And again, time is of the essence here. So I always recommend just ask for 15 minutes. A lot of times that's an easy lift for somebody versus like, oh, can you meet me for coffee? 
which is a whole process. So 15 minute quick conversation to me is a, is an easy lift and an easy way for somebody to say yes. But you also want to be very planful about what you want to know from the person. So what do you genuinely want to know? Do you want to know about the culture? Ask specifically what you want to know about the culture. If you want to understand how they got their foot in the door, ask the question about how they got their foot in the door. If you want to know what um, what it takes to be successful in that particular role that person is, ask that question. But have a couple questions prepared ahead of time so the conversation goes the way that you intend it to. Again, approaching it with curiosity, with interest, instead of self-promotion is going to go a long way. The closing of these conversations can be the most important aspect. So when you're closing an informational interview, especially if it's at an organization you're interested in, ask for another connection or ask for the name of somebody that you should reach out to. Or if there's nobody there that you want to continue to connect with, ask the person if it's okay that you follow up with them in a couple of weeks. So closing the conversation with another ask can get you that warm introduction and an easy way to take one conversation into another conversation. If you don't have anyone else at the organization that you um, are interested in meeting with, keep nurturing this relationship. Let them know you're going to follow up with them in a couple of weeks. Lastly, leave a great impression. So you want to follow up with a thank you uh, email. You want to be memorable. You want to reiterate what you took away from the conversation. And again, let them know that you want to stay in touch. I will tell you, I have done, I've had people ask me for hundreds of informational interviews over my career. Rarely do people write a thank you note to say what they took away from the conversation no one does it. So trust me, if you do that part, you will stand out. That will make you memorable and get thought of for jobs when they are available. So a couple examples I wanted to share with you on how this might work. So um, so I was working with a job seeker who was relocating across the country and they were changing jobs. So they were changing from technical writing into internal communications at a gaming company. So they were working for like us. I think it was like a scientific technical company and then wanted to move into video gaming. So what they ended up doing was they found key players on LinkedIn in the communications department at their top company. They also found out that these folks had were active on other social platforms, specifically Twitter and Instagram. So this person started adding comments to their posts. They did this consistently. Then they found out that one of the key players also had a podcast. They started listening to the podcast and gathered so much information. From there, they wrote a very specific letter of interest, which got them the interview, which got them the job. And they're working there today. And this is one of the big gaming companies. So that's one example. Another one was um, a client who was changing from, she had a very strong academic background and she wanted to work for an up and coming wellness organization. She has a very quiet and reserved personality. So she felt much more comfortable, you know, reaching out one at a time. And so she found the right people on LinkedIn. Then she noticed that the company was doing a free wellness webinar. And so she joined the webinar 
and followed up with the presenter after the webinar, let her know what she loved about the webinar, and then asked for a 15-minute conversation. That opened the door, and now she's been promoted twice within that wellness organization. So you can see each of them did this in a way that was comfortable for them, and it worked, and it was all virtual through using the internet. So that's a little bit more about informational interviews. And in closing, what I would like to say here is that I know, once again, that building new relationships is courageous. But the truth is, you are your best advocate. So people tell me all the time, I can do this for other people, but I have such a hard time doing it for myself. And this is with all the things in job search. People tell me, I can write other people's resumes, but I can't do it myself. I can connect all these people you know, to each other when they're job searching, but I can't do it for myself. Trust me, if you can advocate for somebody else, you can also advocate for yourself. You are your best advocate. So in summary, what, what we want to do is recognize that mindset is half the battle when it comes to networking, and we are on a mission to rebrand the word networking into strategic relationship building or comfortable cultivating community from a place of, of comfort. Um, so we have to move beyond our fears, and one of the best ways to do this is to lead with a service mindset that will help you build the confident, confidence and connect online. You want to connect with folks and tap into that hidden job market. Referrals and your network is the best way to start to do this and get your foot in the door with a new organization. Leveraging the power of social media, leveraging online groups are great ways to break the ice and get noticed. And then ultimately, you want to turn your connections into conversationals, conversations through informational interviews and or advice chats. These can be really, really strategic to help you get into a new path. Ultimately, building your network um, and building a strong network of people who will vouch for you and who know what you're capable of will help you beyond what you can even see today in your career. I will tell you that my personal network has helped me build a business. It helps me get new business. It helps me do presentations like this. All of the things are through building relationships and networking. And today, more than ever, it's so easy to do this with a click of a button. So as we wrap up in the spirit of accountability, I will lead you with this. What is one small thing you can do today to begin to build strategic relationships? So maybe that's reaching out to a former colleague. Maybe that's joining an online community. Maybe you want to challenge yourself when you think about it. If you challenge yourself to make one new connection each week, that's 52 in a year. That's really building your network in a thoughtful way. So with that, we are concluding our framework for today. If you felt like this was helpful, you can go ahead and grab a copy of that networking strategy guide. And in the spirit of connecting, let's connect. Here's where you can find me. I'm on LinkedIn, Jennifer Smith, Career Coach. Uh, shameless plug, I just launched a brand new podcast called the Flourish Careers Podcast. Talk a lot about work and well-being. So you're welcome to join me there. And my website is flourish.careers. So at this time, Nisa, I'd love to open it up for Q&A or discussion. We have one question. Is the podcast on Spotify? 
Yes, it is. It is everywhere you have can find your podcast. Thank you. Um, one person asked, can you reiterate what sort of thing we can do to help someone we want to connect with in the spirit of having a service mindset? Yes. Great question. Cause this is really one of the biggest obstacles to connecting with new people. So I always think about, you know, how, how, what is easy for you to connect with somebody so, or, or help somebody. So that could be sharing content. You know, maybe there's, you're an expert in software engineering and you know that somebody's looking for support in software engineering or web designer, anything that you can share information is a really good way to lead with that service mindset. Offering a compliment to somebody is a really easy way to lead with a service mindset. Connecting people to each other is a really easy way to lead with a service mindset. So anything you can do to support somebody um, can be helpful. If you start to have informational interviews or advice chats, find out the challenges at that organization and offer solutions. So you're offering solutions again before there's even a job open and that can lead to, you know, an interview and a potential job opportunity. So leading with that service mindset is like, how can I help? How can I help this team? How can I help this company? How can I help these people? So hopefully that helps clarify. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, another question came in. Um, when you follow up with the person you met with for the informational interview, what will generally happen in this next step? Yes. So it depends on what you want to happen in the next step. So when you follow up, I would make your ask really clear. So if you're closing the conversation and you're asking for the name of a recruiter or you're asking for the name of the hiring manager or you're asking for a warm introduction to a hiring manager or somebody else on the team, know your ask and then follow up in your email. So you want to thank them for the conversation. You want to let them know what was particularly exciting or what really stood out to you in the conversation and then follow up on your ask. Uh, if it hasn't happened already, a lot of times it's so easy. I've done informational interviews. I'm like, wait, let me just connect you with this person right now on LinkedIn. Boom. It's done before the conversation was even over, but thanking them for their time, all of those things, even actually another great way to lead with a service mindset is in your follow-up. Thank you note. You could share an article or a TED talk or something that was related to your conversation that you think would be helpful for, for the, those people. So it just really depends on what you're looking to get out of the conversation in terms of what happens next in the follow-up. Thank you. Uh, another person asked, uh, can you explain what it means to have a first slash second level connection yeah. on LinkedIn and how to create one? Yes. Good question. Thanks for, thanks for clarifying that. So, so on LinkedIn, um, if you're not on LinkedIn and you're job searching, I highly recommend building a LinkedIn profile because this is really, really powerful to gather information about an organization you're interested in. So what you can do is when you, when you start a profile on LinkedIn, it tells you who you're directly connected to. So you click the connect button and I'm going to connect with Nisa and she's a first level connection because we are literally connected. She connected, I connected with her and she accepted my connection request. So that's a first level connection. Now that I'm connected with Nisa, I can see who she's connected to, but not connected to me just yet. So that's the second level connection. So if I'm interested in meeting somebody at UCSC and I see that they're connected to Nisa, that's a second level connection. And I could say, hey, Nisa, I wanna meet so-and-so, can you introduce me to them? 
So that's where the power of LinkedIn, you can see who's a first level connection for your own self. And then you can see who your connections are connected to, which are second level. And it goes even beyond that to third and fourth level connections. So that's really where the power of LinkedIn can, can come in really handy when you're building your network in a strategic way. Okay. Well, I just wanted to reshare the resources that Jen shared at the beginning, just in case you came in a little late. Um, definitely check her out and connect in the spirit of connection. Um, and also, um, please also follow UCSC Extension on LinkedIn for more updates on future career services workshops and events. Um, and thank you all for attending today. And thank you so much, Jen. We love having you on for these workshops. Yes, it's my pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, Nisa, for the invitation. And I hope to see you all out on the internet waves <laughs> some way or another. <laughs>